I'm Holly. And I'm Haley. Welcome to Mountain Mysteries, Tales from Appalachia. Listeners, hello. How, how the heck are you? <laughs> how are you? <laughs> That's actually a colleague of mine. Uh, I always call her. She's got several names, and so it's a hyphenated, you know. And so I always say hi, and I say her name. How the heck are you? Oh Every God. time I answer, and she just laughs. She just Bless recently that. had a baby. Mm-hmm. Adorable, so, so cute. cute. You know her. I yes. do know. I was like yes. hyphenated names. Who is this that we're talking about? This? Yes, she the baby is adorable. A friend of mine uh, prior to us working together. Mm-hmm. So anyway, but congrats, Baby's congrats. Yes. Uh, well, right. we have like eight million shout outs we need to get through. Yes. Real fast. So, do you want to do those now? Um, sure, we can. Okay, I'm gonna do the Facebook ones. All right, I, and I'll tell you really quickly about a lady who um, I want to shout out from Instagram, who is our North Hollywood listener. So, Liza May, girlfriend, this is for you. Thank you for listening. Thanks. And we are really bad. Apparently, we didn't, what did you say? We had never checked yeah, our Instagram she messages. Yeah, I think sent that message back in April, and I apologize because it actually didn't come up and, and cue me in that there had been messages. So, I do apologize. We're not super Instagram savvy with our I'm not savvy period me I mean no um okay I have a few um we've been talking to um we had so many of y'all which I think we said before um with our Appalachian phrases Mm -hmm. um send us things and um, let us know how how they were should have been said or um, what we got wrong and added some fun other ones um so we we loved that that was really fun um, and so Lisa, who constantly messages us on Facebook and we love, yes. um, hi Lisa. hi Lisa. She always sends us like really cool case suggestions or, um, just lets us know, like she almost does kind of like live tweeting during our, but like on Facebook. Oh, I love that. During our episode, like you can tell kind of where she is in the episode when she sends us a message <laughs> I love it. I'm I love obsessed it. with her. I love it. Um, and then we had Larry. Um, who sent us a, um, a, his book. Yes, yeah, he that. has a book and a podcast as well. Um, and I haven't gotten to read the book or listen to it yet, but I do have it in my Amazon cart. Um, and his book is Mountain Mysteries, The Mystic Traditions of Appalachia. Oh, that's awesome. So definitely check it out. He said, yeah, there was a lot of crossover between like our podcast and like his book. So we must cover a lot of the same stuff. Oh, wow. Um, so definitely check that out. Um, let me see. Let me see. We had, um, William from Bunker Hill, West Virginia. What up, William? Um, who gave us a really nice compliment and it was like, um, that we only had so many likes on Facebook and we deserve so many more. I, I'm with you, I'm William. I'm with you, William. 100%. <laughs> and he actually recommended our podcast to a friend of his. Yeah. So, William. Thank you. Shout out. We appreciate it. Thank you. And then just um, a couple of days ago, we got a message from Pam in um, Fort Worth, Texas. 
Pam works the night shift. Yes. And uh, initially I mistook her for a nurse and she corrected me. Yes. <laughs> She's like, not a nurse. Not a nurse. But you're cute. Uh, no, I shouldn't say that. Um, but she says that she uh, binge listens mm-hmm. and loves it. And, and our dark humor. And our camaraderie. <laughs> yes, our banter. So yeah. I'm all about it, Pam. Pam, you're awesome. You and that awesome. night shift is no joke. I mean. Seriously. Phew. Seriously. God bless you. And bless you for listening to a murder podcast <laughs> at night. At night. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, what does that say about you, Pam? Actually, no. What does that say about us? What does that say about us? <laughs> it's true. Um, and that's it. That's all I had um, well, from Facebook. Woohoo! I so there is um, just so much gratefulness that we have for you guys mm-hmm. listening to us, and please continue to send us these lovely yeah. messages. We are all about it, and it's so nice to be able to put, you know, some names yeah. to our listeners out there. It's one of the funny things of like almost we almost forget. I think, or I do. I almost forget. Like, that we do this kind of like I don't know I mean it's one of those things like yeah we we record it and we you know I spend the time and I edit and then I put it out and it's you know it is what it is but the fact that it's like once I upload it I don't think about it again because I think it's just too overwhelming <laughs> to think probably. about it can be intense. so I just don't even think about it and then I look at my phone and I've got a message from somebody that's telling us like oh my gosh I've listened to every episode and I love this and I'm like oh my god y'all are real yeah. Like real or, people or listen even, to this. Or even little things that someone will pick up on and, and say, oh, yeah, you know, I had the same phrase or my grandma used to say this. And and then, you know, we have to go back and say, oh, so they're on the Appalachian Phrases yeah, episode. Yeah. Or, you know, so it's, it's, it's really fantastic. And, and honestly, we always say this, but it is humbling. And it's so incredible that people mm-hmm. are actually listening to us. Yeah. Let alone with us. I mean, we started this and as a fun thing. During COVID. During COVID. And we're like, you know, this will be a fun thing for us to do. And maybe we'll get like five people to listen to this. And this episode is episode 94. So that means that 94 episodes have aired thus far. And it blows my mind. Crazy. So we are hoping um, to do something special for the 100th. Mm-hmm. We'll keep you all posted. Yes, so for in, sure. In six weeks. Look for that. Yes. All right, Haley, let's get into it. Not all that business is taken care of. Got our business done. Yeah. Um, And as you all recall, you heard last week part one of The Babyface Killer. Mm -hmm. So this is part two, but really quickly, I want to do a recap just Mm -hmm. to, you know, (laughs) speed you up, get, you know, refresh that memory a little bit, Haley. I need that. It's been a week. (laughs) Grandma. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> All right. So it's May 1987. Patsy Vineyard was living in New York with her husband, who was in the Navy. Uh, when he went on tour of duty for two weeks, she was seen in a bar with a man dressed in a Navy uniform. They found her body on the shores of Lake Ontario, and she had been sexually assaulted and strangled. Mm. Yeah. We, we determined not our way that we want to go. Haley wants to be in a ditch, and I want to be Rose from Titanic. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, yeah, that's just... Hmm. Definitely. So sad. Two years later, 42-year-old Velma Faye Gray crashed her car and vanished without a trace. Eventually, her body was discovered near Lake Bowen, South Carolina, which was several miles from where they found her car. She had been asphyxiated, and they believe sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. 
her hands had been tied behind her back. And obviously they, they weren't sure if she had been assaulted because her body was found in water. Um, the next year, counselor Jamie Hurley, who ran a teen, not really a group home, but usually like a kind of like a juvenile center. Mm-hmm. Um, she went missing in Asheville, North Carolina, and her body would later be discovered in the woods, buried in a shallow grave. Mm-hmm. Now, this part, I actually, the part about the shallow grave in the woods, I didn't mention in part one, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm going to expand on. Anyway. Okay. So, a man who had last been seen with her was arrested, and he had his purse, her purse in his car. Um, he was arrested only for having an out-of-date license plate and registration. Do you remember that? You know, we talked about how they sort of got him on mm-hmm. something very, very minor. He stayed in jail for a month, but his grandfather bailed him out. Mm. A month later, 21-year-old Catherine Noel Johnson was visiting her family in High Point, North Carolina, when she disappeared. And a few days later, she was found in the trunk of her car in a motel parking lot. She had been strangled and sexually assaulted. So police back in Asheville received a tip from a mom who states that her son admitted to killing Jamie Hurley, that counselor, and had showed her where he'd hidden the body. Oh, my God. Police, um, you know, identified this individual as Leslie Eugene Warren, who was a 22-year-old truck driver, and he went across the country driving trucks. I don't want to say it's always the truck driver. No, because there are a lot of good truck drivers. My cousin's a truck driver. Like, big, like, big, big truck. Yeah. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. that it may be out there. That's actually. right. You told me that. Mm-hmm. Big truck. truck. It's cool. I mean, it's I, it always fascinates me He's that people can drive those things. I can, they scare me. <laughs> me too. So Warren's mom also implicated him in the New York murder murder of murder Pat's, <laughs> murder murder of Patsy Vineyard. When police find Warren, he is held up at the same motel where the last victim, Catherine's body, was found in the parking lot. Mm. Coincidence? I I think think not. not. (laughs) All right. So that has gotten you up to speed. We've got four women who have been murdered in somewhat similar ways. All had been sexually assaulted. All were in the age range from 20 to 42. All white females all attractive, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's the backstory on Leslie. Leslie was born in Candler, North Carolina on October 15th, 1967 to parents Douglas Warren and Phyllis West. By the age of three, Leslie has become withdrawn, particularly from his parents, mm-hmm. which is interesting um, because, I mean, what is going on that you've become withdrawn from your parents? Yeah, that usually speaks to, like, something is amiss. Right. Yeah, that usually means something, like, not so great is going on. Right. Yeah. So, around this time, in 1970, his younger brother is born. So, ah, uh, been the only child up until this point, and now there's a big change. Brother's born. Brother is treated by Leslie's parents as the favorite, mm. sort of the golden child. So Leslie doesn't feel that he can compete for his parents' attention. Hmm. By the age of four, Leslie watches while his father sets the family home, a trailer, on fire. Get that insurance money, man. 
Yeah. Well, and, and you know, to be fair, trailers go up really fast. Oh, yeah. So, so I don't fast. know, you know. Could have been an accident. I hate to assume. But I mean. Correct. correct. You know, you do what you got to do. Well, this event uh, causes Leslie's parents to divorce the following year. So, seems intentional. Maybe. By the time that Leslie was seven, teachers started to notice that he was acting out and seemed to be easily upset or disturbed. Mm -hmm. They recommended to his mom that he see a therapist. Um, Mom agreed and had him see Dr. William Matthews which for a while seemed to help. He seemed to improve in his behavior. He was a little bit more social with people in school. So it seemed like, okay, that was that was great. He was discharged. Um, by the time Leslie entered middle school, however, more issues began to arise. Leslie's father was abusive towards him and his mother, was feeling the stress of being a single parent. Mm. Life at home was far from perfect for Leslie, and he was feeling the stress of it all, much like his mother was. He began attending psychotherapy in order to address these increasing behaviors. By the time Leslie goes to high school in 1982, he's been stealing and making threats. Mm. So, I mean, this is kind of a, a progression. Yeah. Behaviors start turning into things that are illegal. Right. He then enrolled in another school... But after only attending for 10 days, he was kicked out. Yikes. Yeah. Apparently, he was writing extortion letters. <laughs> I mean. Threatening rape and oh, discussing encounters he had had with the police. Mm, I'm all for extortion and discussing the encounters. The threatening <laughs> of rape piece, maybe not so what? much. What? I'm all for a good extortion. Maybe just don't do it to me. But, like, I like to read it. I like to hear about it. <laughs> well, really, you're not going to get much out of Haley. No, you really won't. <laughs> she has that Honda, but it's not even paid for. It's so. not. It's You can take over. That's why I say when people are like, aren't you worried about your identity get, getting stolen? Or, like, because I don't steal from me, but I leave my wallet random places sometimes. Um, and people are like, aren't you worried that, like, somebody's going to steal your debit card? I'm like, and do what with it? <laughs> You work in the school system. Like, I work I mean, in the school system in much. mental health. Like, that's. I'm 25 with a ridiculous amount of student loans. You want my identity? Take it. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Go for it. Yeah, you can have and it. And by the way, quick side note school loans start up again this month. I don't want to talk. Is it this month? It's this. It's July. I thought it was August. It's July. Don't. Yeah. Oh, and we have to pay our big car. Uh, our big car oh yeah mine's my yep oh yeah because we're on the same schedule yeah 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 and don't forget our menstruating cycles i'm good um (laughs) for another like three months yes everyone please stock up on things i mean exactly just you never it's a crazy time right now just get what you need and keep it on hand that's right okay so as i mentioned writing those extortion letters that Haley loves uh (laughs) discussing encounters with the police and threatening rape not so good not great At this point, Leslie began vandalizing property, breaking into homes and businesses, and stealing guns and ammo. Oh, good lord. This cannot be going well. It's at this point, he is 14 years old. I mean, I broke and enter when I was 14 years old. I think I was 14. I didn't really break. I just entered. (laughs) 
there was an old abandoned house on like a, a side street in the, the neighborhood I grew up in, and uh, my friend and I rode our bikes down there, and it was this like big spooky house. It's been empty. I think it's still empty been empty for years and there was a back window that the screen had popped out on and all the window of course everything was unlocked i mean we probably could have walked through the front door but it was a we would dare each other to go in there because it was haunted so i entered through the window one time i mean it seems about i got some good street cred for it (laughs) (laughs) there was no breaking involved i just entered and then i left I didn't take anything either. Well, that's good. So that's, that's, I mean, my story progressively gets like less and less cool the more I think about it. Well, but I, I mean, it gave you that temporary street cred. It did. And now you can say. I entered the haunted house. I I did the thing. I entered. I didn't break. Did you even experience a ghost? I did not. It was the middle of the day. It was like 2 p.m. on a Saturday. You lost all of your (laughs) The sun was out. It was like summer. We were riding our bikes. I just, it wasn't even like a Halloween night or something. It was like the middle of the day in June. (laughs) Street cred, zero. It was great when I was in like the sixth grade. So I needed it. I wore um, baggy sweatpants and Crocs before they were cool to school. I needed all the help I could get. Oh, bless your little I lit, yeah. I needed a lot of help. (laughs) I'll give you it. I'll give you that. Okay. Thanks. You need it. Okay. <laughs> so he's 14 years old and he is vandalizing property, breaking into homes, stealing guns and ammo, writing extortion letters, and starts to use marijuana and cocaine. Which, you know, marijuana, one thing. Cocaine. Cocaine's a, a, a bit different. That's a, I mean, we're we're moving it up real fast real on fast. the chain of drugs. I mean, like, if I hear teens, you know, using marijuana or whatever, I'm kind of like, nah. Kind of a, I, and I hate to say behavior. this, but sort of a rite of passage in a way. Like, it's just sort of a normal thing to Yeah, expect. it's not something that sets off alarm bells no, for me. When you hear cocaine, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> you know, speed tends to change things. Mm-hmm. So. He's referred to another psychologist uh, who diagnoses him with conduct disorder and schizoid personality disorder. How old is he? 14. Okay. 14. So so he can't have a schizophrenia diagnosis. No, that's 15 and older, and he can't have, um, you know specific like antisocial personality right. because again that's that's 15 and over but is it 15 or 18 it's 15 so you here's yeah here's <laughs> here's your therapist minute okay so a conduct disorder just to clarify is characterized by a youth who is under the age of at this point 18 but typically you know sometimes the dsm will see it at 15 who habitually violate the rights of other people and they refuse to conform their behavior according to the law as well as what is considered normal for their age in society. So they don't want to walk amongst the norm. They want to be sort of outrageous. They want to not conform to what society says they should be doing within the laws. Conduct, conduct disorder, if left untreated, can turn into antisocial personality disorder and issues with anxiety, depression, and, <gasps> shocker, substance abuse. Mm. Mm. He 
He's already working on that substance abuse. Yep. Um, schizoid personality disorder is defined as pervasive pattern of social and interpersonal um, deficits marked by acute discomfort with and reduced capacity to form close relationships. And I mean, we talked about he pushed away at age three mm-hmm. from his parents. Yeah. Um, and can also be shown in cognitive or perceptual distortions. Um, it's an, it can, I can't say this word, eccentricities, eccentricities mm-hmm. of behaviors um, beginning by early adulthood and present. These are individuals who have difficulty showing any type of emotion. Like even when provoked, they're very withdrawn from other people. Right. They're kind so, of like stone faced. Right. Right. Nothing really gets a rise out of them. Think of it as internal resting bitch face. Yeah. <laughs> just it's a good way to know, describe it. I think so. Like, yeah. just not really any kind of uh, sense of no responsibility. Affect. Right. Yeah. Correct. So, that was your therapist minute. Dun, 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 I feel dun, like there should dun, be, dun. like, outro music. I know. <laughs> oh, we need to come up with that. Love it. Um, we're so cheap here. We um, are. <laughs> He was also labeled as unsocialized with depressive features. Okay. It's kind of a weird... Unsocialized. You've got to remember, these diagnoses came from the DSM-3 or 4. So we're talking, you know... Yeah. Old labels. This still has, you know, some of the, the ones we don't even use anymore. In correct. It. <laughs> correct. So this would now be referred to as depressive disorder with mixed features. So basically this means that the person has isolated themselves due to feelings of failure and sadness mm-hmm. exacerbated by their inability to connect with others and form any kind of relationships. Gotcha. So after his diagnoses, the doctor worked closely with Leslie and felt that he had made pretty significant progress and was on the road to stability and recovery. Okay. That didn't last long. Unfortunately, (sighs) Leslie began using drugs to cope with his feelings of sadness, and his mother found marijuana in his room. Again, I'm not as concerned with the marijuana. I mean, but if it's, if he's using it in an addictive way, Mm. then that's where it's cause for concern. A short time later, Leslie pulled a gun on his next-door neighbor, Betty Presley. That's an issue. That's that's a problem. Don't do that. Gotta say. Don't do that. He escorted her down to the basement where he tied her up. I hate that. I know. Nope. It's my biggest fear. You have... <laughs> Lots of fears. You have a lot. I have a lot of fears. <laughs> Note to self. No. No, pulling a gun and tying up Haley. Don't do that. Don't do. No. Don't do that to anybody. Don't do that to anybody. Don't do that. No, I mean, even nice. like, I feel like consensually, don't do that. You countless time on this podcast say, "Listen, dude, if that's what you're into, go for it. If it's consensual." I mean, if it's a fake gun, I just worry about like you know, real guns. <laughs> they could go off. Like, you, I mean, there's a lot of room for error there. <laughs> I mean, get you a fake one and then do whatever you want. <laughs> But that's so kinky. You want to play cops and robbers? I mean, I'm just more worried about like that gun's gonna accidentally go off, and then you're gonna have a lot of like, if it's not a fatal injury, of explaining to do. That's a lot of explaining. That's a lot. But it turned me on. That's a lot of like Um, everyone's gonna be uncomfortable. Shooting a gun really turned you on. That might be something you need to to like investigate. Yeah, Yeah. I think so. So. 
she's in the basement, tied up against. I, I would not have not into it. Yeah, not no, no. doesn't sound fun. First of all, basement that doesn't sound fun anyway. Um, so short time later, Leslie is there with her in the basement, and Betty's cousin dropped by, I guess unexpectedly, and it startled Leslie, who didn't expect anyone to come around. And from what I understand, um, from what I've read and researched, he did not do anything to her. I guess the cousin came in before anything happened. Okay. Um, but anyway, Leslie was startled, and he accidentally like you said, fired the gun, yep. and the bullet grazed Betty's skin. Mm. <sighs> Leslie, at only 15 years old, was taken to the Buncombe County Detention Center, which was a facility at that point, and still is, for adults. Mm-hmm. Um, it was there that he attempted to hang himself with his bedsheets. Mm. So the thing that it shows to me is either he's scared of the repercussions of his actions like oh crap i took this too far or he actually has some remorse so if he has some remorse that would not speak to an antisocial personality disorder diagnosis um right just saying so leslie recovered from this and was taken to a juvenile detention center where he would be assessed further so probably better to put him in a juvenile detention Mm -hmm. center because again he's only 15 years old right it was there in 1985 that he met jamie hurley remember jamie Mm -hmm. yeah jamie as i mentioned was a counselor at the center and ran a home for troubled teens which leslie resided in for a while Leslie became very close with Jamie and viewed her as a supportive mentor. He did a lot better, and in early 1986, he left the center and moved back with his mother. So it looked like things in his life were improving. You know, maybe he had to grow up, maybe Mm -hmm. stay away from drugs, and, you know, everything started to improve. Feeling the need to do something to test himself, he joined the Army and started basic training that spring in Fort Benning, Georgia. So, I mean, it looks like, okay, great. Here's the thing, though. Someone with that background is allowed to go into the military? I guess if it's in juvenile records, I, I would so assume. Too. Like, maybe it had been expunged. Yeah, because I know, like, if you're an adult and have any type of, like, um, I know oppositional defiant disorder mm-hmm. and some of the other ones, like, immediately... Some of those mental health diagnoses will automatically have flat feet. Yeah. Sorry. You're out. You're out. You're out. (laughs) You know, how do you hold your fork? That's it. You're done. Out. No. (laughs) But I love this scenario of, well, we need a few good men. Eh, you'll do. (laughs) It's kind of where we're at. That's kind of scary. But I also think that if you gave him a gun, he would take care of the enemy. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, at this time in the mid-1980s, there is no war going on. Right. So there's a, you know. We're good. Whew, that's, that was a close one. He's not out there committing war crimes. Exactly. Jeez. Exactly. So he's in Fort Benning. He's doing his training. Um, a month later, he actually marries his girlfriend. Her name was Tracy Bradshaw. And again, things are looking up for him. By December of 1986, he's in the Navy and stationed at Fort Drum in New York. Okay. 
This is the same area where Patsy Vineyard and her husband Michael were living. Michael was also stationed in the Navy there. Patsy was killed five months later in May. She had been seen with a man dressed in a Navy uniform. In fact, Leslie knew her husband and knew that he had been on a tour of duty. This was the point when he felt like it was the time to strike. Mm. He just planned to assault her, but when she fought back, he killed her and tossed her body in the river. Mm. The next year, Leslie's wife gave birth to their son, Joshua. Leslie felt left out because his wife was giving more attention to the baby. Oh, we've come full circle. Haven't we? So let's go back in time. When he started separating from his parents was when Mm -hmm. his brother was born. So new baby gets attention. He doesn't. He gets angry. He starts to isolate himself. His wife, who had given him attention, is now separating herself And so he feels guilty. He has all these feelings going on. So he's starting to feel guilty about killing Patsy. And he's slowly dropping hints to his wife about it. Mm. Which, it doesn't go into detail about what type of hints. I'm guessing it would be like, oh gosh, you know, it seems like, you know, maybe a Navy man murdered Patsy. Gosh, I wonder, you know, and maybe bringing that up where she probably wasn't even thinking about that. Right. Um, the next month, he went AWOL from the Navy. Oh, great. If you don't know what that stands for, it means absent without leave. He just walked away. Like, you know, it'd be like, you know, if you're supposed to show up for work and you just no never call, showed no up. Show. <laughs> no call, no show. In this state of North Carolina, you would be fired terminated yes yes they can terminate you because there are no unions yes we are an at will state yeah right to hire right to fire so he was found by the military police at his stepbrother's house and he was arrested that'll do it actually i believe it was brother-in-law's house as opposed to stepbrother so Mm, it's okay yeah one of those relatives one of who knows we're all related (laughs) in the end that's fine Uh, Uh, he ended up being convicted of larceny, which I have no idea what he stole. Interesting. Yeah, I no idea. And unauthorized absence. Yeah. He was confined to 75 days on base, forced to pay a fine, and demoted from his role of specialist to private first class. Hmm. After his 75 days, he stationed at Fort Benjamin in Indiana and again goes AWOL. Hmm. This time, he's considered a full-fledged deserter, and he ends up traveling to New York City, hey, and living in a $5 a night flop house with crack addicts and prostitutes. Oh, man. Why was he at my house, is the question. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, this is where he first began using cocaine again. Mm. Yeah, that'll do it. Again. Uh, he was dishonorably discharged from the military yeah. and given deserter status. Yeah. He was court-martialed and had to forfeit $1,300 in fees and was officially separated from the military. No thank you. Do not come back. You are not one of the few good men that we need. But, like, $1,300 wouldn't... I mean, that's, that's not a lot of money. Not a lot. And, like, if he doesn't care about, like, the benefits or whatever, like peace out well and you know what this may speak to uh $1,300 may have been what he had stolen oh maybe, maybe. He had stolen $1,300 I'm maybe. not really sure interesting 
So while traveling around the country and continuing to use cocaine, Leslie met Mary, an immigrant from Mexico. The two had sex, and Leslie claims that he woke up with her dead body next to him, but didn't know what had happened. Scared, he buried her in a field. Because that's what I do when I'm scared. (laughs) What? Right. Why don't you call the police? Be like, oh my god. Well, again, he was fearful of getting in trouble. I think that this, again, speaks to why he, you know, he acts... So he has no control, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he feels guilty and is fearful of the repercussions. It, it's so, what a dichotomy. Like, I'm so scared of getting in trouble, yet I continue to act out. Anyway. Yeah. And then I bury bodies. And then I bury bodies. In the, and I, okay, so I can believe the maybe you're high or intoxicated and you you have a night with somebody and you wake up and you're like who the heck are you but yeah that person's alive right i'm like not dead right they're not dead and who hasn't you know had sleepy sex i mean come on you know you're like oh god all right but can i sleep through it sure so you don't always remember it the next morning that's you know can be a given but you know to to find someone that you knew that you had had sex with the night before but now is just dead yeah what happened there exactly exactly and it doesn't go into detail about how she was killed or you know was there blood or anything like that but knowing his mo he probably strangled her probably yeah that seems you know up his alley so buries her in a field and just kind of keeps on going so Later that year, Leslie and his family, so at this point his wife and son, moved to South Carolina. He and his wife soon separate. Gosh, I wonder why. Can't imagine why. He seems so normal. Seems like a great guy. What a good guy. And he moved back to Candler, North Carolina to live with his mommy. Mm-hmm. So his mom encouraged him, you know what, you need to find a new career. You need to get back on track, you know, get some stability in your life. So he went to the Alliance Truck Driving School. Okay. And at this point, he had decreased his drug use. He and his wife, you know, ended up getting back together. Like, he showed her, you know, look, I've got a stable job. I'm not using. So it was great. It seemed great. Although Leslie did have girlfriends on the side. Mm. Yeah. He traveled across the country driving his truck and liked to boast to his brother-in-law that he had had numerous sexual encounters in the bed of his truck. Yikes. He also claimed to have killed a girl named Ronnie, whom he had sex with in his truck in Tennessee. He also claimed to have dumped her body in a forest. Okay, so here's this doesn't make sense. He's feels guilty over these other murders at this point two murders that he mm-hmm. had committed and now admits to another murder but in a boasting way like yeah i had sex with her and then i killed her huh. like what yeah not great not at all so it seems like he's amping up a little bit mm-hmm. the person the brother-in-law thought that leslie was kind of just crazy and just talking out of his head like he's probably using again you know i i don't believe anything he's saying so he really didn't take him seriously and it's around this time that leslie and his wife have their second child Mm -hmm. matthew all right so another baby has been born 
And while out driving around on his own one day, Leslie stumbles upon 42-year-old Velma Faye Gray, who had crashed her car and was, you know, sitting there on the side of the road. Leslie asked her if she was okay. She said yes. And he said, you know what, let me get in. I'll offer you a ride. I'll take you wherever you need to be. You know, make sure you're okay. All these things seemed so kind and sweet. Things quickly escalated and he attacked and killed her. Talk about wrong place, wrong time. Right? Like, oh, shit. Why did it have to be today that I wrecked my car? You know? And again, feeling scared, he dumped Velma's body in Lake Bowen, where fishermen later discovered her. Mm. I don't understand this. I'm scared. I'm boasting. It, it's, you know, I can't remember. I think that him being scared is bullshit. I, I'm wondering that. I think yeah. he is just like, how do I get rid of this? Yeah. I don't think I don't want to get caught. Yeah, I don't think it's maybe well, it's fear it's of getting fear caught, of getting but caught. he's not like, "Oh my god, what did I do?" Exactly, like I'm so remorseful. Right. Um at this point, he has killed four women, and his lack of control and desire to harm is kind of reaching new heights. A few months after Velma was killed, Leslie met his old friend Jamie Hurley, whom if you recall, she was Running that, you know, specialty teen justice center. Um, he liked her, saw her as a mentor, all those things. Remembered her fondly. She remembered him as well and gave him her number. Told him, hey, you know, let's catch up. Call me sometime. She really wanted to see, like, how he'd been doing. She assumed, wrongly so, um, that he was a success story. Mm. And so she was kind of excited to see him. And like, oh, what progress has he made? How great, you know. Well, he ends up calling her, and the two meet up. Leslie claimed that they did a line of cocaine together. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's a... It's like a hard left from where I thought. Maybe grab some coffee, like, <laughs> maybe a lunch. <laughs> Lines of cocaine. <laughs> All right. That's what I do with my mentor. <laughs> <laughs> Lines of Coke. You're welcome, Haley. I brought the Coke. There you go. A cola. <laughs> That's more like it. Oh, us. no. I brought the Coca-Cola. Um, but yes, I I don't see that either. I don't, you know, like, buy it. I think about all, like, my high school teachers or something. If I ran into someone, particularly someone who I felt inspired me, yes, if, if, you know, they tr- we traded numbers or something and we met up. It would be for coffee or, you're right, lunch, maybe brunch. We all know I love brunch. Um, something to that effect. I mean, like, even, like, a beer or something. like Yeah, yeah, some wine. Yeah. But typically, not, not I wouldn't say, why don't you get in my car and, you know, let me get out my mirror. Right. It's just, you know, here, you want to line this up in a night? Yeah, there we go. All right, go for then it. We're good. Yeah, because, number one, Coke is expensive. Very. Cane. Very expensive. Um, so who can afford that? Who can? And we know, this you know if they're a retired teacher, they ain't affording They're not that. making and, it. You know, we all know what I do. So, you know, it's just, it's it's not going to work. Anyway, but nonetheless, he says that, yep, we got together, we did our coke, and things got out of control. As as things tend to. Things got wild. When you're doing lines of coke with your mentor. <laughs> they got so out of control. It got a little wild. Got a little wild that he just choked her to death. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know how things go. That's. Mm. I, you know, I Do can I? never think. <laughs> I can never think of a brunch that I went to where I thought, I'm going to choke you out now. 
Nope. Can't say I have. Can't. Never. Nope. Nope. Oh, Oh, well. Something to to consider next time you're at the brunch. Brunch. I just want to show you how much I love you. Bring your neck closer to me. (laughs) Come here. (laughs) Yeah. No. So Leslie buries her body in a shallow grave and used a marker um, so that others could find her because he was feeling guilty. Mm-hmm. Jamie was supposed to show up the next day to a family picnic and never did, so she was reported missing. He was arrested, as I mentioned, because he had been the last one to see her and had her purse in his car. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, he was allowed out on bail. I feel like every single time this guy, like, gets away with stuff. Yeah. I don't know. On a family hike... Leslie admits to his wife and his mother that he murdered Jamie. He even shows them the site where he buried her. He also admits to several other crimes, including the murder of Patsy Vineyard in New York. Jeez. That's a lot for a family hike. This is why I don't go hiking. No. You never know what you're going to... I mean, a bear you could find. Um, and also, your loved one may admit to multiple murders. Maybe. That's, that's, that's a lot. That's why I don't go hiking with Haley. No, that's a bad idea. No, I don't know what she's going to say. Say, confessions happen in the woods. She's like, oh, you know, you remember my grandma? Yeah, whatever happened to her? There she is. <sighs> Watch out, Granny. No, Granny is golden. <laughs> granny is going to live forever in forever. my book. Forever. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is the point when Leslie's mom is like WTF, as she should mm-hmm. be. And she's like, okay, so I guess he is not the truck driver's son that I thought he was. And she calls the police. Reports on her own son, which we talked about last time, is a pretty big deal, you know, to call on your own kid. But yeah. she did the right thing. Good for her. She says her son may be responsible for these deaths. Meanwhile, Leslie uh, goes to the courthouse, gets a new ID with his photo on it, but his brother-in-law's name and info. Mm -hmm. Steals a motorcycle, switches plates, and heads east towards High Point, North Carolina. So, yeah, he is on the run now. And I I don't know if his mother clued him in and said, well, I'm going to call the cops now or Mm -hmm. what exactly, but he's run away. So, Leslie stays at the Radisson Hotel and befriends a lady whom he goes to a company picnic with. She works at the Radisson. Okay. Uh, There, he meets Katherine Johnson. The two go to a soccer field where they have consensual sex. He says it was consensual. It went too far, and guess what? Choked her out. He choked her out. That's right. Um, and put the body in the trunk of her own car and drove it back to the hotel where police end up finding it. <sighs> police issued a nationwide press release and stated that a serial killer was on the lo- loose. They referred to the man as the baby face killer. Mm. Leslie was young and definitely looked it. He had like this cherub-like features that made him look younger than he actually was. Mm-hmm. He was really cute and women were naturally kind of drawn to him. He appeared very trusting, very helpful. He really used this to his advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, Leslie's family led police to the body of Jamie Hurley, you know, the one they had stumbled upon mm-hmm. during that infamous hike. That, that fun family that, hike. Hey guys, let's let's go hiking. Yeah. 
Uh, they finally found Leslie, the police found him, after receiving a tip from a hotel guest. He was charged in the murders of Patsy Vineyard, Velma Gray, Jamie Hurley, and Katherine Johnson. Leslie admitted to these killings and up to four others, but no bodies have ever been found, and there was not enough evidence to charge him. Jeez. Which is so unfair. Yeah. You know? During his arraignment, Leslie's mom tells the press that he is showing the same kind of detachment that he showed as a young child. Leslie claimed that he suffered from blackouts and memory loss. Hmm... I think he suffered from drug addiction. Yeah. And um, a lack of self-control, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. He was extradited back to South Carolina to be tried for the murder of Velma Faye Gray. During the trial, a psychologist hired by the prosecution stated that Leslie was, quote, beyond a doubt, sane. Yep. So he was trying to use the insanity yeah. plea. Yeah. I'm having blackouts. I, you know, and the therapist is like, mm, no, 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 no. He is sane. He is doing this maliciously. Yeah. Pled guilty um, in these crimes. So he was like, yeah, you know, I admit it. I did it. He was convicted. And in 1995, sent back to North Carolina to be tried for Jamie Hurley and Katherine Johnson's murders. He again admitted to it, pled guilty. He was sentenced um, to the death penalty, and while his lawyers tried to appeal the conviction and have it commuted to life in prison, it was denied by the North Carolina Supreme Court. So his lawyers actually took it all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. First of all, where is this money coming from? I don't know. I I hope this lawyer wasn't doing it pro bono. Hope not. Anyway. Um, the U.S. Supreme Court also held up the conviction. They were like, no, you're going to die for this. Well, they did something right. Exactly. So to this day, Leslie is currently incarcerated in North Carolina. You can find him at the North Carolina Department of Corrections. You can even see his picture, which actually is the same picture that I will post for this episode okay. um, on our social media. But anyway, um, he is awaiting his death sentence to be carried out. So at this point... This was 1995. So, I mean, we're looking at 27 years right now that he has been waiting. And, you know, they have so many appeals that they go through, but I, I would assume that I mean, that has ended. Yeah, the average time someone sits on death row is, what, 12 years? 12 to 20, 12 to 20, I would say. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I know things with COVID have been stalled yeah. and, and all these things, but... Um, I don't know. What do you think of of this guy? Do you think that, you know, he had significant mental health issues? Do you think that it was drugs? I think it was probably a combination of both. I think he does have mental health issues. But at the same time, people, I mean, there are people with antisocial personality disorder out there functioning and not killing people. That's true. And people out there with substance abuse disorders that are, I mean, quote unquote, functioning. Right. But they're not killing people. Right. You know? And honestly, just probably only hurting themselves right you know and their loved ones and their loved ones but emotionally not, and exactly i mean they're not out there physically. like literally strangling people right right i think that he was sexually aroused by choking these women sounds like it i think so i think that he liked the idea of having their lives in his hands and mm-hmm. that he had power and control where as a young child he didn't feel like he had the power yeah. and control because you know, his parents sort of took away some of that affection towards him to put towards the baby. Right. And it seems like this is a common theme in his life. Anytime affection 
for him goes away onto a new baby or someone else, he acts out. What a punk. That's that's a weird phrasing, but okay. <laughs> what a malicious, evil, sadistic bastard. There yeah, you go. That too. That feels like that too. adjectives that are a little more appropriate. That punk. What a punk. What a punk. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah. So that's my story. Um, that is part two of Leslie Eugene Warren. So like I said, um, there are a lot more murders that he's tied to, but they just can't. There are no bodies. So that also leads the, was he just boasting and saying that? Because, you know, some killers will do that. Yeah. Or did he actually do it? Right. We don't know. Who knows? All right, y'all. So that was our amazing part two. Part two. Yeah, kind of dark, but Very dark. nonetheless. I mean, you know, uh, Haley and I won't be doing lines of coke. No, we will not be. That's not my jam. Not no. But not maybe it. brunch because that does maybe sound brunch. Beautiful. Brunch sounds great. Yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> but no choking. No choking. No that. No no that. Alright, so we have our typical shout-outs. Yes, we do. Um, while Holly finds that, I'll let you know. Um, if you'd like to send us an email to, I don't know, just check in, um, you can do so at mountainmysteries.appalachian at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Mountain Mysteries, Tales from Appalachia. Find us on Instagram. We will be better about checking your Instagram messages. <laughs> At mountainmysteries.appalachia. You can find us on our Patreon for some bonus content at um, patreon.com slash mountainmysteries. And, you know, we had had um, one of our ladies say, you know, I've just kind of burned through all your episodes and I can't wait for more. So if you are that person that, you know, is just looking for more content, you're like, I got to get through this night shift, or I just, you know, got to get through this exercise at the gym, which... Or long uh, commute to work. I'm, I'm with you. Um, then you check out our Patreon because we have tons of episodes, even mm-hmm. the back ones that you can listen to. Yeah. So. Yes. And Again, our lowest level membership can... Is $5. ...get to all those full-length bonus exactly. episodes. So, and certainly... I'm not a pressure person, so no, no, no pressure. totally up to you. Totally up we'll to We'll be you. here every week. Exactly. You get for the free. free. For the free. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, y'all. So let's give a shout out whoop, whoop, to a uh, state that I'm working on. She's working I'm, on it. She's getting I'm, there. I'm, we're pulling it up. <laughs> I'm going to pull up, and it's going to be amazing. And you're going to say to yourself, wow. That no, was I want to go there. <laughs> I want to go there. All right, Sausalito, California. Hey. hey, wow, we had a lot of listeners. I like there. that. Fun. Sausalito, thank you so much. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, we love our West Coast listeners. Yes, we actually love all of our. We listeners. love you all. So, <laughs> Haley, shall we do this again next week? I think we have to. Oh, we don't have to. We want. We to. want to. And we're going to. <laughs> all right, I will catch you next week. See you later, Haley. Bye. Bye. Thank you.